1: What's up, Bruins fans? We are back talking Boston Bruins hockey on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, we we both, uh, Heather Ingerson obviously is here with me. Thank you very much, Heather. Hope you had a great holiday and hope everybody else had a good holiday too, visiting friends and family, uh, eating turkey and blah, blah, blah. How was your week, Heather, by the way?
0: It was a week, you know, like none other. Watched some Bruins games that I wish I could forget. I watched, worked a lot, had Thanksgiving. My bills won on Thanksgiving night. The struggle was real, man. Fighting the turkey coma until like 11 at night was real. But uh, yeah, overall, hope you guys had a great uh, day. And uh, everyone out there had a great day. And uh, I just, yeah, we got to get to these Bruins. I can't. (laughs) I'm just, I'm (laughs) seething. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about it. Poor Barry's been listening to me like, (laughs) like, (laughs) for days right
1: (laughs) yeah so yeah we we might as well just do that but before we do the uh boston bruins talk we do have to hear about show sponsor betonline.ag we're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports betonline.ag where the game starts we are back we just heard myself talk about betonline.ag our fantastic show sponsor um i went on betonline.ag this week and did some uh some thanksgiving football bets it was a lot of fun i didn't win anything but it was a lot of fun just to sit there and do some research. I'm not a big football guy. I don't like other sports, to be honest. I'm, I know many, many of our listeners know I'm just a hockey junkie. itself. but um, it was kind of cool to look and, you know, look at win losses and trends and so on and try to figure out who's going to win and maybe possibly put some money in the pocket. But mm-hmm. unsuccessful as usual. So, but anyway, check it out. Uh, go and use the uh, code CLNS50 when you sign up for a free account. All right, Heather. Let's get to these Boston Bruins hockey talk because you've got to be in your bonnet. I'm not freaking out completely. I know you're not freaking out completely, but I know you
0: got something on your chest. I know, I know. So, so you have the agenda. Mm, This this Bruins team, jeezum crow. I don't. I can't. All right. So let's go back a week. Time warp. Right. Mark and I recorded, we were super upbeat. We're like, yeah, okay, cool. We're going to play Calgary tonight, last Sunday on the 21st. And it turned out to be miserable. Our old fan, uh, old friend, Dan Vladar. Now, initially this team did not look like we were going to get blanked for nothing by our old friend, Dan Vladar and his new team, the Calgary Flames. But we indeed, indeed did get shut out in our own building. And it was pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. Overall, uh, not. I mean, I'd like to report anybody getting goals, but not really. Uh, Swayman, I I can't. Not even just about him. Just about just the whole back end at this point of how it's working. Uh, he stopped twenty eight out of thirty two. This game probably should have been higher. That isn't that we didn't have any good things, but uh, he had a point. 7-5 save percentage, and I actually was surprised it was that high. We had 36 shots on goal. We were 57% in the faceoff, 0-3 on the power play, which continues to be hit or miss. Uh We did have a good amount of hits, and we only had six giveaways. So I, I don't know. There's not a lot I can say positive about this game. I think the first period they came out and looked like it could have been a game, but by the second, it was just run away. Calgary came in here and did it. So Mark, I just, I don't want to see them going to let you reflect and talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on this Calgary game. Eeks, eeks,
1: meh, ugh, is the sound that I like to make about this because, you know, um, you beat the Philadelphia Flyers the night before on the road, five to two, mm-hmm. and then you come in and just kind of lay this, um, this egg. Uh, on home ice, in front of your home fans, and it wasn't good. And to have uh, a player like Dan Vladar come back and pretty much camera face pie in your face, um, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it was just. Uh, oh god, I had a feeling it was going to happen after uh, during the second period, I'm just like, and and you're right, the first periods are really coming out with a lot of energy and so on, but it just mm-hmm. seems like the next forty for this team is a struggle. It's an absolute struggle, and it's frustrating to watch. But good on Dan Vladar. You know, he's getting his chance out there that, you know, the Boston Bruins might have given him a chance. But in the past, uh, you know, trying to get him some games here and there and relief and blah, blah, blah. But I think that the Calgary defense is just that much better than what we have. So he's thriving out there. I think he's got like a four – four and one record right now decent goals against awesome uh save percentage and so on but still it's uh that's a better defense in front of them and they did a much better job and they they they're the ones that really earned that game
0: yeah they outplayed us like I said they came out in the first I was like okay I mean Calgary's no slouch of a team they're one of the best teams in the league right been at the top for a little bit now I I I can't keep being rust. It Can't be because it's a back to back after a week off or whatever. At some point, they have to figure out how to self motivate themselves. We'll talk about it. I, I don't, this is the, like I said, the reality check episode because Inga is now in a super ranty. Like, I just, I don't. <laughs> I'm not going off a ledge. I will always have hope. Ask Mark, okay? but We
1: we gave her edibles. We're going to talk about it.
0: (laughs) I got my scarf. I'll have my socks on. I'll be ready to go, and I will be hoping. But I will be lying if I said I don't think we won't lose to the Vancouver Canucks, which is sad. I don't want to be a new Buffalo. My God, it's so bad. We're out of the playoff position like solidly. But uh, anyways, Um, Calgary all day long outplayed us and we're starting to look silly. So like the first month and a half, I was a little annoyed. I'm annoyed about the schedule, obviously, but I'm patient. I can handle waiting for some chemistry and stuff to happen. I understand injuries happen. I'm a very patient girl. Now I'm mad because we shouldn't be playing the way we are. And even if we're going to lose, we shouldn't be losing how we are. But we'll keep talking about it. But the good news is, is that on Wednesday, we played the Buffalo Sabres. So we won five to one at uh, the Key Bank Center. Swayman got the start. Uh, all we'll talk about it, but all Market was battling. But it was actually Jeremy Swayman's 23rd birthday, so he got a win for his birthday, which was good. He looked pretty good in net. The whole team looked a lot better. Most of the offense came in the first. Bergeron from Pasternak and Marchand, Coyle from Felino, Pasternak a power play from uh, McAvoy and Bergeron, Riley from Felino and Zaboral. Oh yeah, Zaboral back staying up in there. We'll talk about him too. Uh, yeah, but looked real good. Um, we had 47 shots on goal. Almost 87% on the face-off. Lots of hits. We were two for three on the power, way, power play. Didn't give away the puck a lot. Uh, so while that turns out, uh, if you actually shoot at the net uh, and make quality shots and play as a team, instead of trying to have three people get all the offense and do whatever, we do much more successfully. That being said, we did play the Buffalo Sabres, but they're a better team-ish than they were Last year, oh, and Nick Felino and uh, our old friend Colin Miller got into a fist fight. So that was a, all right, get you going. So there you go. Beat the Buffalo Sabres. I wish I could feel pumped up about that, but I would feel better if we could beat the Flames.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so this was a two-day rest. You come back and you beat Buffalo. These are the teams you're expected to beat, you know? Um, and in my opinion, you got to beat teams that are higher than you in the and not only the Atlantic Division, but in the league, too. I mean, Calgary is just an absolute wagon this year, man. And them in, uh, in Edmonton are really taking care of the Pacific Division and so on. But you still have to play against teams like that because the fact is that those are the types of teams you're going to see in the playoffs. And it just looks to me right now, we've passed the, the Thanksgiving threshold, that we're not in the playoff picture right now. I think we might even be in a wild card, even in the second slot, if that, if that happens. We're but in the still. third slot okay then we're not even in it <laughs> so yeah which is even worse but you know you just you gotta find ways to team to beat teams that are below you and above you in in today's hockey and the Boston Bruins just find that trend that they just play down at teams all the time but this this is a good win obviously mm-hmm. um it was supposed to be uh wasn't this supposed to be the Linus Olmar game but he was um yeah. out or was that the Rangers yeah. game it was a buffalo game I-
0: I thought he was going to play. Yeah, they th- said he was going to play maybe. Because he but tweaked I something in practice. Yeah. So, but he's back in today. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't play well, but that's the whole thing is you can only – I can't even say they played all 60 minutes against the Sabres. You know what I mean? They got four goals in the first. Oh, also Taylor Hall got one in the third. I forgot. Um, yeah, it was – a much better game, but this is part of the ongoing problem, right? Is we play a shit game, then we play a good game, and then we play, we'll talk about a shit game. Yes, segue. And we're <laughs> playing the shit games against the wrong teams. Okay. Um, yeah. So then it was Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. And then it was uh Friday, and it was Brandon Carlo's birthday. So happy birthday to Brandon Carlo. Uh, and then we lost five to two to the Rangers. In the one o'clock afternoon game, we always play. It seems we always play the Rangers on that day, I'm sure, proximity. But Smith got a goal, though. Great, unassisted, yeah. looking a little smitty out there. And uh, Bergeron got from Grizzlick and Marshon, and that was it. Uh, again, uh, came out. Uh, sway, I mean, we can get into whatever. I They looked a lot more like that Calgary game than they did that Buffalo game. I'll say that is the kind way to say it. True. Once again, came out. Now, I do think overall they played better than the Calgary game. But does it matter how you play if the results are the same? Yep, I totally agree. come out the gate. You give them a run for your money. you got two good goaltenders in that. You know, Sherskin or whatever. The new Hank. Or that's what they hope, right? He... The way that Swayman is our new, hope you're our new Tuca, you know, solid 10-year goaltender is the same way they feel about their young goaltender. Uh, but the Rangers outplayed us. They outgunned us. They out us. They can't with our defense. We will have to talk about them because we can't ignore them. But, uh, yeah, Mark, I don't know about you. It felt a lot more like the Sunday game than it did the Wednesday game. Just over. No,
1: I – I, I totally agree. And one thing that really gravitates me to this particular topic that you're talking about, Heather, is, is Jeremy Swayman. And I'm a huge Jace Way fan. You guys all know that. Heather, you know that. And I'm not downgrading this player at all, his youth, his inexperience, whatever. This is not a downplay at all. But what I've noticed, is this something that we might talk about later or not? No, uh cool. We were gonna talk about goaltending week.
2: Yeah, but that's something
1: yeah, that's something different. Yeah, what I'm finding out, and it's really, really, really annoying to me because it it just I mean, um, the morning brew co-host, uh Andrew Raycroft says it a lot. And mm-hmm. and if you guys want goaltending expertise, listen to that podcast, listen to that man because he talks me down many times when I'm very frustrated because I love the goaltending position. Everybody knows that, yeah. but still there's, there's things that players need to work on. Jeremy is not the savior of this damn team. Listen, that he's a member of this team. He's doing well, but he still needs to work on his game. He is not perfect. Mm-hmm. i'm sorry to all the people the shiny new toy crew and so on he is not perfect and when i see and i understand I mean people are attacking me the game's fast everything's split second decisions blah, 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 blah. i get it but when you're seeing that many freaking shots at the nhl level whether it be practice any games that's a heavy week of rubber you guys all know that there's ways to direct the puck in different areas Don't use all the trends when you lay it right out. It's like these defensemen are coming in. They're being more mobile to him because there's a book out. Razor said the same thing, that there might be a heavy book out on him just to throw it on net and have somebody come in and sneak back on it because in in the Calgary game, you definitely saw it. And in the Ranger game, you really saw it. So it's just something that he needs to work on. I'm not absolutely dropping the book on him yet. He's still early in his career. He is potentially going to be our next one, but to think mm-hmm. that he's going to come in and save the planet uh, is just a little bit unrealistic for these, uh, these days. And and it just really frustrates me that, you know, there's folks out there that are already, you know, got the Tuka book on him. Like we, we already need to hate him because he's, he's, he's the worst goaltender in the league and, and, Never mind Facebook. That place is a freaking dumpster fire, and the groups over there because they think that Don Sweeney is dumb for um,
0: for drafting him and so on. But whatever. I got to get off this tangent.
1: I'm talking. Okay, I,
0: there's a reason I'm not on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> that- some criticisms are warranted, like you said. He's all he's allowed to come black back to earth. He's a 23 year old like full time rookie starter, basically. It, but that to me like now it, this is horrible, and Swayman sucks now. That's as stupid as linus Almark is a dumpster fire yeah he's had struggles but he's a lot better than other people's fucking goaltenders and i'll take him with swayman any day he's been struggling a little bit with like nagging injury or whatever but you can't have it always and i think though this brings up uh, part of the reason why he's coming back to earth is because our defense has been real weak so not only is there a flyer out on how to score on Jeremy Swayman, a lot of that has to do with how they know how they can fuck with our defensive structure this year, which has been really bad. And yep. I think our friend Maria of Watertown brought out, I don't know if it was on the sports hub hockey show or whatever, or even just out there on Face or whatever saying, you know, did Tuka hide a lot of the defensive like mistakes in this Crew, you know what I mean? Like because Tuka was so good at what he was doing. Now, and if you think about it, that's not a bad theory, Miss Maria. Because if you think about it, right in the last three years, we lost Char and Krug, and no matter how you feel about Char and Krug at that time, we had one of the best defenses in the league. The kind of defense, mobile, small, Tory Krug and Grizzly or whoever, or not you didn't want to come up against them because they were offensively dynamic, and they know how to stand up when they need to. You know what I mean? Like whatever they might get yep. crushed, but like, Tory Krug never got crushed because he wouldn't stand up for himself kind of situation. Then we lost them. We didn't really replace them with anyone. Crossed our fingers, let zaborro and Lazan come in. Nothing against them. They did a good job, I think, with, with what they were asked to do. I'm gl- grateful it was a more shortened season for them to really, if you're going to get thrown in the pond, you know what I mean? Hopefully yeah. it's not yep. that deep. Great. But this year, sure. Like, I like Mike Riley. I don't... Full, just with full, board, just don't even with him or whatever. But now we don't have Tuka. so it's like we've had three years of stripping back what used to be one of the most fierce defensive structures in league, and now we have what we have. So partly, yes, Jeremy Swayman, he, he is a human, and like what you, what do you mean, a twenty-three-year-old goaltender isn't Superman? No, sorry, very rarely is the twenty-three-year-old the Superman. Okay, or like you said, Carter Hart bouncing back, you know, like, yep. He's going to get his first taste of how now they want to burn it down. But someone made a funny comment. Like, you can't hate Swayman and Allmark and Tuca. Like, who else do it? Like, okay. Like, they said something like, there's probably already a hate group for Colin Booth at this point. Like, that's just...
2: Was that Ty Anderson?
0: It might have been, but it's a whole team (laughs) issue right now. And that's why I'm so goddamn mad at this team, because everybody basically can be to blame and look at top line just because you've been back on your game and scoring a lot in the last week and a half doesn't mean that you don't have your issues you've been struggling with, too. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm glad they tap back in. But yeah, so leave Jeremy Swayman alone. Okay, he's fine. Good thing about Jeremy Swayman is he is a pretty level headed kid, and you don't sign in Boston without knowing. It's like signing in Toronto. You know the media is miserable, or Montreal. You know they're miserable. You have to know how to shut them out. Oh, or are they
1: miserable now? They're your own...
0: <laughs> Right. Like they're. But as a fan, yeah, I'm melting down a little too, but just because I, I know they can be better, okay? Do I think this team is good enough for the playoffs? No, I do not. But do I think they're Good enough if they can figure their shit out to make the playoffs. Yes, I do. But I don't want it to be 2008 again where I'm like, come on, (laughs) limp in there. You can do it or whatever. That's just me. Okay, can we stop talking about these games? I don't want to talk about them. We can talk about, though, how intense. Artemi Panarin, sorry, I don't want to mess up his name. I don't want to do that. Got a $5,000 fine for whipping his glove at Brad Marchand, unsportingly. More no. like
1: threw a loaf of bread at Brad Marchand. <laughs> you don't see
0: that often is my comment. Um, I've heard that maybe he, that Brad was saying, I don't know if they're actual xenophobic things, but was saying, things about people hating him and Russia hating him kind of thing. That being said, how many times have you played Brad Marchand? This crazy son of a bitch is going to tell you anything. I ate your gingerbread house just to try and make you lose your shit. And we're going to need you to not lose your shit, Panarin. Even... I don't know. He Marshawn says he's like, "Hey, what was dinner like, Marsh?" You know, Fergie. That's what he says, which I don't think. I think it's somewhere between the xenophobic remarks and that. But Panarin, dude, he's like, "Fuck this, dude." Oh, sorry. And and the
1: reports came out that um, Marshawn will not have any review taken because per CBA, um, any audio on there that is, um, I think there's a rule in the CBA that they that can't happen unless something is done on ice. If there's a call on the ice for something that's badly said, then there will be a review, but it's on the officials and not what's caught and so on. But yeah, um, and you know, the official was right there. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. The linesman up there going, Hey, we got this <laughs> and that, but, uh, um, the if, if, if there's a lot of people out there that's saying that there's a lot of things that are being said on the ice to this day that are really uncalled for, let, oh, me tell yeah, you I agree. let me tell you something, folks. These mics are all over the place and so on, and I totally get it. But if they start fine tuning their rules and getting really involved into uh policing what's being said on the ice, they will have to raise player contracts. Extensively because the fact is that most of that damn money is gonna go back into your stupid fines that you cancel culture is trying to get everybody involved in. Now, I am not, I don't condone a lot of the stuff, whether it be um um against um the LGBTQ uh community right. or where you live, if you're black or white and so on. I do not condone any of that talk, but still right. we have to like reel it in a little bit and say, listen. They can't do that because everybody will be fined.
0: Well, you have to find a balance. Ha- There'll you. be an
1: audio task force in Toronto uh, alongside the freaking video review room, which can't get any shit done any right in the first place. Yeah.
0: Shit. <laughs> I think your point is is that obviously we all agree you can't be saying racist or sexist or right. like those right. like attacking someone in that way. But there's a difference between. Like, I don't know. Like, if Marshawn was like, you know, whatever, you fucking Russian pig, whatever, I hope Vladimir Putin takes you out. That's not appropriate, given the fact that Panarin really could have a hit out on it. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Or there if was you some scary shit that went on. Or something like that. Right, exactly. That's one thing. And maybe that's something you could fine tune to broad it out a little bit. But like you said... If that was being said fundamentally, I feel like if it's not within the parameter of the rule for a linesman to give an unsportsman like to Brad Marchand in that moment because of the way the rules are written, then that's something that we could change. But there's a difference between that and you insulted. I mean, I don't think you should insult people's mama, but if someone, your mama so ugly as you, that is not a reason to whip a glove at someone's face. Like, <laughs> even if you want to, or at least wait until after you leave the ring. So, yeah, there is a balance between obviously not allowing. Yeah, I mean, a culture in which it's okay to be like you F and F word you th- you know, whatever, or like, like I said, attacking someone's culture or something, but that's right. different than a lot of it's like, hey, fuck you guy kind of behavior. And yeah, are we going to start finding them for swears? That won't be cool. Yeah. either. That being you, said, you if know, something like serious was said, I don't think there's should be anything wrong with at least investigating and having a little conversation, even if you can't, you know,
1: yeah. Not you just on, but if anyone's you be still an gonna chirp, or... still gonna chirp. Yeah. But right, but
0: sometimes you need to remember the correct ways to chirp and not oh, chirp, absolutely. Right. Okay, Do so you cool. You're not licking people or slashing nuts, but <laughs> yeah. also maybe we could work on, you know, maybe not your verbal skills <laughs> players who actually may be in danger of dying from their governments and saying true. things like that at them. So again, I don't know if that's true or not true. Like it was just out there of the in the world, and it, it seems like a weird thing someone would say was said if it wasn't, but like you said, you also can't all find them every time they say a bad word. What are we gonna have? Swear jars on the bench, <laughs> all right? Um, yeah, so that's okay. Well, <laughs> studs and duds, it is. Um, I think you're all a bunch of fucking duds, that's how I feel about you. I don't even making me want to. Hide my face. um That being said, I don't know who I would have for an overall dud, but I'm going to just pick Nick Felino to be my stud for no reason. Then he's been doing Nick things, moving around on this lineup, punch Colin Miller in the face a couple times. And uh, I mean, you know, he was the Miller I wanted to keep in the Vegas draft, but it happened. How about you? Uh, who was the worst the- to you this week?
1: Oh, Eric Haller. Yeah. I'm sorry. Eric Haller, I was so high on when they got him. I really was because I saw a lot of potential. I saw the numbers and so on from his past when he played for the Vegas Golden Knights, when he played for, I believe, the Minnesota North, uh, North Stars. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the Minnesota Wild <laughs> and uh, obviously the Nashville Predators and so on. So it, it was it was exciting to have a player like that involved, but. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, I thought it was a good move and so on, but it seems to have a little bit of come down, down from the clouds a little bit. So, uh, yeah, Eric Halla is definitely getting my dud, uh, going to sit tonight alongside Jake DeBrusque, which I, I don't know why Jake's out of the lineup, The kind of, yeah, we're going to talk me. about
0: that. Okay.
1: Um, but my stud, I would have to give it to Bergeron this week, uh, real turnaround for him. And I'm not saying it's just by numbers and so on. But I think that he is doing something to really influence his line mates to be better. Um, And maybe that needs to be by example and shown and not just talked about in the locker room or off ice, uh, you know, um, uh, times when you're together, but showed on the ice, kind of predict it and, and get these guys moving. Brad's going to be a little bit better. I get he's playing well, leading score on the team, nothing to, you know, frown at or anything, but past an act, what's what's going on with, with David? Um, you know, it's, I, I want to see more from David, especially on the power play and that freaking one-time clapper, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just, I think Bergeron will get my, my stud for the week because of just, just by his, uh, his emotions, is his goal scoring, which is, has picked up most recently. But it's, uh, it's just good to see. But we also just got to keep the fucking lead, man. Once you have it, do something to keep it. And, and not give up a goal in under a minute from getting a goal. That is absolutely yeah. driving me absolutely insane.
0: That's a decade old problem that we have.
1: I know. I know, right. but still, it's <laughs> like, like, how many I coaches can't. have we gone through to I try can't. to figure it out? And like, give me a minute 30. Just do something for me just, real quick.
0: All just, I want just, is six. Let a goal. To... And, I, I
1: know, give me 90 and then get a goal. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'll get yeah. something else later on.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Bergeron, he's definitely looked more like Captain Patrice. We talked about how, like, he had really good couple games, and then it would be like Again, he like you said about Marsha, nothing in particular, just not. That being said, I guess I would say my dud is the whole entire just defensive structure of this fucking team, dude. Like,
2: yeah, just, I'm gonna have to agree with is. that.
0: I'm not a, uh, I'm not happy. I'm upset, obviously. I know it might be sounding dramatic, but I have fucking eyes, and what I see is that this is not okay. This is not good enough. I can't uh I just I can't but we'll talk about that a little more um how about it was a little scary when Charlie McAvoy got boarded the other day because the last thing we need in our lives is for Charlie McAvoy to go down just for his health and also he is our stud defenseman and one of the only defensemen that seems to actually do their job consistently on some level um but he was out delivering pies to the Pine Street Inn in time for Thanksgiving, giving out uh, Pine Street Inn is a huge, huge uh, part of the community in Boston as for helping, you know, those uh, people who may be uh, in homelessness or just need food and resources to help get themselves back on their feet. Uh, my Uncle Paul worked there for a long time, so... Charlie McAvoy was up and fine and played Friday. So that was a good sign because really, if McAvoy got on, got hurt, I probably would cry myself to sleep Friday night. I'm not kidding you because I uh,
1: hate unbelievable act of community. Um, you know, just representing your team. I mean, that's stuff that that's that's captain stuff. That's what the uh, Dana Charo did, as you said, for so many years. Um, and good on Charlie Mac too step up and and get into that role for the community i mean it, it this is just a consummate pro in the making and it's fun to watch regardless of how the team's doing right now and the roller coaster ride of this weird ass schedule in the first half but still it's it's just great um you know, it's, it's all about humanity. And that's just not, I'm not rich. I'm not a, uh, a, an NHL player at that time. I'm a freaking human being that's trying to help some people out, you know, and that's, that's just um, it's just top notch from, from a, an individual like Charlie right down to the organization that does so many great things for the uh, Boston community and pretty much like new England.
0: All right. Um, I just had a quick question. What are you sick of seeing with this team? I don't want to talk oh. about what we see, which is good because we know the good parts of the team, but there's been a lot more bad than good when they're executing lately. So what are you sick of? I've got a couple.
1: I mean, I gotta I, I do too. It's not just one thing, Heather, when you gravitate to down to like evaluating the T and what we have for the eye test. It's mm-hmm. it's like I'm really getting done with the the no look passes right to another player, which is turning the, the turnovers. Turnovers are frustrating. They're really frustrating. Uh, another thing, when you're talking about the defense, is um, is your positioning and your your on man coverage. Sometimes it's it reminds me. Remember that? Remember a couple weeks ago I was talking about kids all chasing the puck and mites and peewees and so on. Everybody wants a piece of the buck. That's what it seems like we're trying to do here. They're all trying to get involved, but we're leaving our goaltenders out to dry with guys that are sneaking in out front. Be better on your assignments, in my opinion, um, and um, goaltending. Um, and like I said before, I'm not I'm not harping on it. Just we got to be better on where we put the pucks in those split decision, split second decision, mark you know areas and so on. So it's just a multitude of everything. But I think if you can get all of these criteria moments that we're talking about right here in these bad times. If you can get one and then work on another and another, that creates chemistry for the rest of the season and could be better. There's still a lot of time to recuperate, but what we're looking at right now is not good as, as this roller coaster ride of this schedule is you're playing a bad team and then they're playing a bad team and a good team and a bad team. And it's just we need to like we need to have some consistency in everything, not only on the schedule, but up and down that bench.
0: Well, I including was the say coaching.
1: This- coaching involved. Too. We're going
0: to oh we're going to talk about. You think they're not on my okay, show list, hey, my fucking yelling. At def- definitely, other. They definitely yelling are. I'm at not me. yelling at you. I'm just mad and I want to yell. Hey, it's been a while since I got ranty. So today's the day, my friend. Um I'm sick of giving up a goal a minute after we score one. Sick of that. Sick of seeing that, been seeing that for a decade, doesn't matter who's behind the bat. I'm sick of it. There's no goddamn reason that If you have a lead, you can't at least attempt to protect it instead of I I hate to say like they sit back on themselves because I'm obviously not them. I don't compete at this kind of level. I don't. But it they're looking silly out there at times. The Rangers made them look silly. Calgary made them look silly. (laughs) So it's great to hold on to the wins versus Buffalo. But you need to start figuring out how to beat teams at least like the Rangers. If like, Forget about Calgary. You won't see them till the finals. Yeah, right. To get there. But you know who you might end up battling out a spot for for the playoffs? Yep. The Rangers. And the Metro is solidly better than the Atlantic. We flip back and forth of what division? This is the first time we've been realigned. And so far, the Metro is back on top just for as the teams are playing. It doesn't mean everything's lost. But for Christ's sakes, learn to play 60 minutes of hockey. You are Ah. an NHL player. (laughs) You are the creme de la creme of the world. And you cannot, even when you're winning a game solidly, put together 60 minutes of effort. If you're losing a game, you have to keep playing till the end. And I hate to say I feel weird when you say, like, there's no effort, things like that, because how do you judge effort, right? I judge yep. effort by what the fuck I keep seeing happen every damn day. And this week, there's no excuse. You played almost every other day this week. You didn't have any long breaks. The longest break was the Sunday game till Wednesday. So, okay, maybe they need a little more to get their juices going. But by the end of the week, they're going to have played their quarter season. And they have games in hand at the end of the season, that's great if you don't piss away everything in between. Cassidy yep. actually used the term "piss the game away" the other day. Oh like yeah, piss their opportunity away or whatever. Oh yeah, right. But you you can own yours too, Bruce. As far as I'm concerned, at this point, um, let's do it another couple before we take a little break in between. Here. Okay, I got a couple that we can do. So I asked you that. Um, oh, this is a quick. We don't have to talk about.
2: <clears throat> we don't That's have to talk about here, it Heather. right this
0: second. You can we'll talk about it because we have parts that will break down, uh, like again talking about Eric Halla and Trent Frederick and such. But I'm just gonna read today's lineup to you. And I just want you to tell me, yes or no, do you think this and is this is
1: this okay. is the lineup before the Vancouver Canucks, right?
0: Right for the Vancouver okay. Canucks. So everyone will already know how this result is. So Marshawn Berger on Pasnak, obviously. Shocker. Paul Coyle and Smith are back together. Felino on the left of Frederick and Coolman on his right. Bleed, Nosek in the middle, Nosek, however, I don't know, I say it wrong. And Lazar on the right. Fobert, and McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, Riley, Zaboral, Alnarka and Net. Just a yes or no. Is this, is this better? And now we look more solid because, and we'll talk in detail about how with Hala and DeBraspino. But is this a soon enough of a suitable enough lineup, sorry about the stumble, to get it done? It
1: could be, Heather. It could be. But, it all depends on what Bruce Cassidy is seeing in practice and so on. But for the hardest thing for me right now, and I'm a Freddie guy. Everybody knows I'm a I'm a Freddie Sweet Sauce kind of guy. Yeah. But I don't see, I don't understand why he was on the injured list for a long period of time. But getting back on, he automatically deserves the third center spot. Um, I thought that that would go to Nochick. You know, I thought that would be a good spot for him and then ease Freddie in the fourth line where he's most likely been playing for the and, and most likely going to play. But then again, this might be something that Bruce wants to see. Maybe it might get a spark out of Freddie. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if they get any consistency in that. And we see that same freaking center spot being taken up by Frederick on Tuesday when they play Detroit. So I don't know. Um, it's it's, it's kind of weird, but the I do want to talk about one quick thing is the defense. Okay. It still bothers me. There are that this defense is is crippled with holes that other teams are exposing hard. But there are players that on this on this defensive line that are playing well. I think Charlie McAvoy is still uh, doing a solid effort. He makes mistakes. Nobody's freaking perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. But the pairing of Fulbert and McAvoy bothers me sometimes.
0: Oh, we're gonna Even talk about.
1: Okay then then I'll save it. But um you know I want to see Carlo be better. Uh you know I love Carlo and so on but um yeah so if we're going to talk about it later then I don't want to I don't want to eat it up right now.
0: Yeah well I figured we when we talk about our friend Zaborl what to do with him and where he might be we could talk a little bit about this defense. And okay. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but I I know you going no, no, to oh, talk No 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 it's fine it's fine. But yeah. every time I see one part I start going down a rabbit hole. Zaboral. I'm all right with Zaboral or whatever I just this lineup might be good enough to beat the Vancouver Canucks but I don't know it's good enough to beat the Detroit Red Wings
1: uh, I mean right? dude, what, a, so, what a Detroit this year is uh kind of a surprising one I, I I thought for sure that they'd be getting that um oh it's not Spencer Knight that's the goalie uh yeah. the first round pick this year but uh you know it's just they they've bought into a system that we're gonna do what we can with what we can while uh, um, a general manager like Steve Eisenman and the mastermind that he can be, we've seen it down in, in Tampa, Florida, and so on, uh, try to retool on the fly with the, with this uh, Red Wings club. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be a tougher game for the Boston Bruins.
0: Yeah, they have three more points than us on our ranked higher in the Atlantic <laughs> right now, just Shocker. for a point of information, just point of information, Your Honor, chairperson yeah. of the board or whoever to whom it may concern. Also, I'd like to point out that the Sabres, although we've played more games than them, or we've played three or four games less than them, they have only one less point than us. So we are solidly mediocre, and it's not yeah. just in my own head. And it's people like, are gonna, It's like two
1: dumpifiers meeting in the middle yeah. of the river.
0: <laughs> After break, we're going to focus on the good, the bad, and the ugly, how much of us are in denial, how much of this is... Just kind of like we're just not used to being this kind of team, so we can't handle it. And also a little mix of it's not just the players, it's the coaching problems going like we're all having a hard time figuring our shit. But we'll talk about all of that uh, after we talk to our friend Bruce Sullivan, who we do love and does not make us upset during the week, just gives us warm and fuzzies with all this awesome stuff.
1: Exactly. It is the, it is the top part of the show. We're going to take our mid break. Here from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Again, I, I know I keep harping on this every week, folks. He's got amazing stuff for awesome prices. And if you want to dress up your fan cave, give a awesome hand-signed pre, uh, present this Christmas to a fan, a family member, or just yourself. Wrap it up and give it to yourself and act surprised when you open it up. I'm telling you, it's a great freaking feeling when you buy something for yourself and you open it up. Because I do it every time with my friend Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Marabilia. So please listen to all the information he has, write it down, and get in touch with them. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are pleased to announce our Black Friday sales event. Choose any autographed, JSA-authenticated, and inscribed Bruins jersey for just $69, or buy three or more and pay just $59 each with free shipping. Choose from Busick's black, white, gold, or all-star jersey. Cheevers, black or white style jersey. Middleton, black or white style jersey. Don Marcotte, black or white style jersey. Or Terry O'Reilly, black or white style jersey. $69 each or three or more and get them for $59 a piece. We are pleased to announce upcoming signings with 2011 champ Sean Thornton and Peabody native NHL All-Star Bobby Carpenter on December 4th. We will have jerseys. Pucks, minis, and photos for both players. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at Gmail.com and be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! <sighs>
1: What's up, Bees fans? We're back talking Boston Bruins hockey. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. And again, I'm well, I'm going to say it again. If you listen to all his stuff, please write it down because it's Christmas time. Birthdays are coming up. You need to upgrade your fan cave. There's no doubt about it. It looks terrible. You just need more black and gold. Get rid of the Patriots crap. Get rid of the Red Sox crap. Get rid of the Celtics crap. You need more Boston Bruins hand signed stuff from Bruce Sullivan and Boston Sports and Music memorabilia. So just do it. I'm telling you. I'm going to come to your house and drag you to Bruce's house and buy something and then bring you back. You don't want that. You're crazy. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that.
0: I'm like, whoa, this took a dark turn. <laughs> I'm going to come get you. You better buy some of that <laughs> awesome merch. Just um, no, but
1: seriously, seriously, check it out. He's awesome and he's, he really works well with so many people. that get in touch with him about certain signings and so on. And it's all legit. He has video of all the signings. He's got pictures and he's obviously got the products to do it and they're ex- they're priced they're priced perfectly it's like this is like if you're on a budget and you can spend like less than a hundred dollars these are great items to have a former boston bruins alumni member that raised the stanley cup twice back in the 70s signed something and and labeled on your wall your friends are going to be jealous they're going to want to buy stuff you're going to want to buy more stuff but just do it through us and, and for sullivan obviously
0: Yes, that's the way to go. All right. That's well, right. I'm not done ranting about this Boston Bruins team. So, love you, Bruce. You're the positive, bright spot. Let's you fucking go,
1: Heather. Yeah.
0: You and <laughs> Bet Online AG, the only sunny spots in my heart on this podcast today. So, nice. Here we go. Um, so, Hola and Dubrasco are out today. We're gonna talk. We'll start with Eric Hola, who do not
1: holla at your boy, yo. No. Right.
0: Sorry, my comment. These are my comments about Eric Yes, he has been playing crappy. Okay, I don't disagree with that, but I would like to play in his defense. He is what he is. He's a streaky forward. You're not paying him to be your second line center. You're paying him to be your third or fourth line center or winger as necessary, depending. Okay, he does have offensive side. We haven't seen it. But you can't say everyone else deserves time and chemistry and the new guys. Well, he is one of the new guys, right? And he's lost his winger. He's done this. They've moved him around. So although I agree Eric Hall has played like crap, especially this last week, he deserves maybe a demotion. I don't know if I'm on for pulling him out of the lineup totally. And I definitely think that there's hope for him to be that third, fourth line guy that we're paying him to be. So Mark, I will let you. What do you think about Hall? How we're using him and whatnot.
1: Um, I, 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 first and foremost, we if you go back on the tape, there's, uh, there is audio evidence of me saying, I was really excited about this, about this, um, this free agent signing and the addition to this lineup, especially the bottom six, you know, uh, crafty forward we got some speed, uh, has some, you know, creativity upside at times, but it's very streaky, like you said. Um, and I, I was totally on board. I was like really excited for this player. Cause he did show that he wanted to play that Boston Bruins style in the earlier season. And I even said that he should probably get higher minutes at, on, on higher levels up the middle or use that versatility that he has to be placed on others, on other areas of a line. But it, lately it's like, you know, I mean, I had him high sometimes. Why not give Holler a try at, at second line center. That was a while ago, obviously. Lately, it's just I'm not feeling it with him. And uh, hopefully it's just something that he can shake real quick. Maybe it's a chemistry thing that he's been floating around the lineup too much, much like last year's or the year before's Jake DeBrusque when he was going up and down from the second to third line, working with Krejci, not working with Krejci, doing this this mismatch of lines. But I want to see something more from Eric Hall. And, and uh, maybe this is um, – maybe the night full visit and watching tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks who have also seen their struggles. Um, maybe this is going to be a motivational thing for a player like him. Uh, he's a veteran. Um, nobody likes to sit for any, any reason at all, but in the past, it seems like Bruce has gotten something out of a player when he does, you know, watch from above and see the game, how it translates to where he could be on the ice too. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it, it is a motivational factor because I do like the player, and I want to see everybody turn around. And but I also want to see so many players on this bottom six that were brought in step it up, you know, f- for the reasons they were brought here. In my opinion, you know, it was to shake things up and do this and that because Sean Correli wasn't doing it for the last two seasons. Let's ship him out. And, Although, I mean, he looks gorgeous. Yeah, you
0: you know,
1: yeah. I mean, it, that's the way it happens, though. Freaking like those bottom line players that the Boston Bruins don't want to pay are just, like, not lighting it up, but they're having some more significant roles in other areas of uh, the NHL. Like, when Shari when left, nobody freaking thought that he was going to be a top-line forward or even a bottom... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a top six. And then all of a sudden, he goes to Florida, and he got, like... I think he had a 20 goals some odd season. I'm, um, I could be wrong on that, but it, it, it finds a way to... Karma seems to bite Bruins fans in the ass, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: uh. I would like to comment on the fact that it seems asinine to me when you had Holla, DeBrusque, and Felino popping off at the beginning of this, in this preseason, at the beginning of this season. I loved it. And now that Smith is, seems ready to go back to his position at second line, right wing, why the fuck would you pull, and I'm not yelling at you, this is for you, Bruce Cassidy, why the fuck wouldn't you take at least one game and let Felino play with Holla and DeBrusque again? Yep. Because that's where the chemistry was building. And then ever since Felino got hurt and Smith and like, they've had to keep, like you said, everyone's been changing around. Halla played up at the second line center position a little bit when Coyle was up. Why wouldn't you have done that first before you put Carson Coleman as your second line, right? You know, that's what I'm getting irritated with is because people want to say chemistry this, but they want to yank people right away. And that is, one thing that I want to comment on is I have rarely seen for more than one game sitting anybody when he takes that stance has actually done shit to get that player motivated for more than the next game back. So yep. sometimes maybe you should have let Holland DeBru- again, we'll get to DeBrusque in a second. That I'm, that's what I'm really mad about. I understand if you sat Hall, he's had a bad week. Okay. But Maybe instead of pulling him out so he can see it from above as he's a veteran in this league, maybe not a veteran veteran, but he's like he's played some seasons in the NHL, not his first team, not his first rodeo. Maybe let him play the Vancouver Canucks with Felino and DeBrusque and see if Felino can help the two of them because DeBrusque has not been playing poorly, although there's been a little bit of old DeBrusque, but not like as bad as everyone's making it out to be like he deserves to be sat. Maybe have let them have a good game against a team that we should handily beat the way we did Buffalo the other day. Again, not mm-hmm. creme de la creme, but a good get the winning kind of thing. That drives me insane. And it's been, and you know this, one of my worst yep. peeves about Cassidy. I am all for changing it up. But you can't because you can't seem to figure out what your fucking lineup needs to be. Keep changing it around and it always just be the players. So indeed, Halla has to step it up. But he also has to be allowed to have the same line mates for more than two and a half fucking minutes. So, sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you go go if you have, want to respond.
1: So, can I talk about DeBrus now? Or is that... Yeah, we moving yeah, yeah. On to we're that? moving on. Because I'm okay. so
0: mad DeBrus is not in the lineup.
1: My thing about tonight's lineup is, like... All right, Jake didn't put up any points. Or or if he did, I'm totally forgetting about it. Or, you know...
0: He had an the, the other day.
1: Okay, but
0: particularly on on uh on friday i don't know i just remember let me look you keep talking go ahead i'll look so so um you know i I
1: don't think that he is playing so bad that we need to take him out and put in Carson coleman who i I haven't seen much of in his opportunities when he's been with the bruins and i get that he had a goal um and i get that he's fast and he you know he's a good uh four checker and so on totally understand that but I just don't see the the purpose of taking Jake out for an and a sort of player like him, uh like like Kuhlman. I, I, I like um Carson's and everything like that, but I, I don't know. I just didn't see anything bad in Jake's game that warranted him to sit on the ninth floor in the uh in the promotion of Carson's Kuhlman.
0: Yeah. Like he is not playing any worse than Anton bleed. Nothing against bleed. I think he's been playing fine for, he's been being bleed and he's been fine. Right. Right. And you know how I usually, he's the first one. I'm like, eh, like I can't sometimes, but yeah, there is nothing that warranted Jake DeBrus being out of the lineup because I I also think it seems kind of (laughs) weird. Like, putting Frederick in at center. You haven't had him centering all year. He hasn't been on the ice in a couple of weeks, although that might be more as the thing we'll get to Frederick in a second, but it seems stupid to me to move that much of your bottom six around, especially so DeBrusque is now probably thinking I'm damned if I do damned if I don't. So even though offensively, sure, I haven't really shined, but let's look at the points. Jake DeBrusque actually has your seventh most points with six, and then it starts steadily declining and steadily declining. The person above him is Taylor Hall with 10. Personally, I think Taylor Hall should have way more than just four points more than Jake DeBrusque at this point in the season, right? So Jake DeBrusque is actually more on track to what we know Jake DeBrusque should be able to do more consistently. But now he's probably thinking, well, what the hell? I haven't been playing like a hot mess, and you still take me out of the lineup. That's unfair to Jake DeBrus. Then you should have fucking got rid of him in this offseason. It's not okay. Because he is at least equal to Coleman, Lazar, Bleed, maybe not Felino. I think Felino's more experienced and well-rounded player. But he could be a Nick Felino kind of shit. You know what I mean? And be more versatile. But you also can't take a kid and train him one way and then let him float. And we agree you should be able to be adaptable. But all last season he moved him all around or he got punished. All yeah. this year so far he's moved around a little bit here and there and it just sends a bad signal. If you're trying to get your players going, especially a kid like Jake DeBrusk who you know does need to have the the like positive reinforcement support to to his game. If you're not going to reward him when he's playing at least decent, what message does that send to him? He's probably thinking, "Oh good, well I'm fucked till the trade deadline then. <laughs> like I'm going to keep getting buried for" no offense to Anton bleed, but Jake DeBrusk gets played paid to be a forward on this team and bleed gets paid to come up and play when we need him to play, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. And that's not a slight on Anton bleed, but that's the freaking facts, right? Like I, that's a bad message. It's a bad Bleed's,
1: message. Bleed's playing well, uh, well yeah. above my expectations. I and mean, he's a great guy, great interview and so on. But um, I, I just think that the, this, this Boston Bruins team, they they like his physicality and the way he can get into you know people's faces um after the whistles and so on and these scrums and everything, but you know he's he's waiver eligible. And I just think that they're afraid that he could get s- scooped up. So kind of weird, but it is what it is.
0: I just need that being said, in all his career, they'd never given him a Uh, an inkling that he's one of the golden boys that will maybe make this team. So maybe that's not fair to Anton bleed. Know what I mean? So whatever. I'm just all ranty at this organization. I apologize. Maybe
1: maybe by the way bleed is playing and I hate saying this, but I, you know, I'm a fence guy. So I have to like, kind of think about stuff like this. Maybe by the way bleeds playing is the, the Berwins might have an idea of him sticking around and possibly putting Frederick on the uh trade market if a, if a le- leverage piece needs to be worked out um Frederick's not on an ELC anymore he's signed to a one year deal if i'm not mistaken hmm. and um you know could be used um in a trade f- to possibly you know try to get him to play in St. Louis who knows you know i'm just just throwing are we out trading
0: to for Tory Krug because no <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um, uh so I guess what I'm, I guess what's confusing is me is are we looking for chemistry and patience or are we looking for weak lineup changes and excuses? Because that's what I, I feel. Choice like A. That seems to be what's not happening. And the other one is starting to look like what's happening. But I digress. Let's talk about your boy, Trent Frederick. As you know, I'm indifferent to the Trent Frederick. He was injured. But as I said before, he earned his spot to be in the roster for the beginning of the season. So I feel it is his spot and unless he lost it. Uh, and I certainly fucking hope he didn't lose it to, as much as I love Carson Coleman. That's again, the more it changes, the more it stays the same stuff, you know. Um, but Frederick, I guess you're, you kind of had proposed a little about Pr- Frederick. Like, where does he go? Given how we're like mis everyone all the time without settling anything down, where he's starting at center tonight. Do you think that will help him? As you've said, he's you kind of like him best at center. Uh, you obviously know more about Trent. Do you think that he's going to get, is he our new Jake DeBrusque? Like, is this kid going to be the next kid that's expected to do everything but not allowed to learn to do anything? And I understand you can only have so much patience, but it's also you're the people who are training them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're in charge of that. So go it,
1: it almost feels like that because of, you know, the way the way he's been given such a bad rap, in my opinion. You know, he comes up in his first game uh, against the Winnipeg Jets, beats the crap out of somebody, and that set the tone for a lot of the old-style Boston Bruins, um, you know, uh, big, bad Bruins back in the day mentality to come right out and say, we need this guy. While I saw, and I'm not saying my opinion is perfect or anything like that, or I'm an expert in any field, but what I saw, it was the inner workings of when he was playing at, at Wisconsin under um, Tony Granato and so on, and the forward he could be. While he has that strength and capability to stick up for a teammate, we, I really haven't seen that yet, and I'm, you know, I, I pumped his tires as hard, I really did, and I'm con- going to continue because Trent's a great kid and a hard worker. But this, this just seems like there's times that he's being put in a position that he just, I uh, can't rise above sometimes, and and I think that once he can find that rhythm, um, either would be on the left side, either would be in his in his natural position at center, fourth, third line, whatever. It's just. I think that that's what he's got to get. He's just got to get that chemistry. But Bruce is the type of of, of um, coach that are gonna, he's going to give younger players the opportunity. But is it enough time and long enough of a leash for that player to really garner that opportunity? I don't think. It, I don't think it is. I think Bruce puts it in there and expects immediate success, much like the fans do on certain situations. You know, it's, um So it's just that's kind of where I'm at with Trent right now is like right now I, I see him as a value on the team with a physicality and up the middle on his face offs. He's still got good face off numbers, got good mm-hmm. strength in the dot. But I, I just want to see him put more offensive capabilities together to like create a little bit more of secondary scoring on the bottom six, particularly not only his physical aspects. Sorry if that was yeah. long-winded. I'm no, really that's fine. As that.
0: you know, I'm not re- like Did a sound giant intelligent. Trent Fred- yeah, it does because you know how kids this age should be, and you're way smarter than me because all I'm thinking is, oh, geez, as geez, I've said to you, that. I want Trent Frederick to be the Trent Frederick you know he can be. Exactly. Again, this is my reality check show. We need him to show that though this because I have no more patience for the I like again. I'm putting I like, uh, like No Sick. I'm gonna put man, that in the title. He's okay. done pretty well. But Coleman and Frederick and all of them, like I'm I'm fucking over it. We're either gonna keep them or we're getting the fuck rid of them, even if people don't want them. I will give you them and for two fifth rounders. I don't give a shit. I need to clear out space so we can rebuild our farm system. Because if we're at a stagnant point where they're not going to make it to the big leagues and they're just going to be floating around, they're just creating clog here. Now the clog is down there. Like I I need you. So like Trent Frederick, I wish you the best of luck. If you can be the Trent Frederick everyone thinks you are, great. I will keep you around. Not a fucking problem. I just don't. As oh, whether I'm a fa- like I care uh, like a fan of Trent Fredericks or not, I just don't want him getting screwed. Like I feel like Jake DeBrusco on some level, some of his shit's been warranted, and some of it he's been screwed by the system. And also, when you were talking, I started thinking, oh, I thought you were talking about Claude Julian for a second. Oh, that's right, because Cassidy and Claude Julian are almost the same fucking person, and nobody wants the to listen are. to me. They kind nobody of are. It's kind of weird I've been saying that six goddamn like- years. No one wants to listen. To
1: it's like there was so many years that everybody was saying oh no no he's a good he's a guy that's that's really young and works well with young players and so on and i, I kind of saw that too by the time he spent in in providence and so on but now he's just up at the bigger higher level and you are seeing less of it and more comparable um moves to what julian used to do
2: i don't know maybe it's just
1: me that's just nitpicky and so on but i at still like him i'm not going i'm not going to say he, i want him gone and so on i think that this no, is no i'm not saying that at this point right now, this Boston Bruins team success relies on the coaching and he's, he, his numbers prove it. If you think about when he returned to the NHL, not when he, not the time that he spent in Washington, but the numbers that he put together as the Boston Bruins head coach, and even his minor pro freaking records is, is impressive too, but it, it's just something you want to continue on. If we don't make it the playoffs, then it's a freaking hard, hard decision on what you want to do. Um, I'm not sure if he's got a contract up soon. Is it? I think it might be after this year.
0: No, I think he's got one more year. Okay, so we signed. I think the year before you signed that three-year contract. Okay, or something all right. Like that. My
1: bad, I fumbled I that fumbled. one. But still, um, you know, it, if if he's not going to be in the future plans, you could do what any coach do is just fire him. He still gets paid until he gets picked up by another club. Um, so. It is what it is, but still, I like the coach. I like what he's doing. I don't like a lot of the decision-making. I get it, but he seems to be a good guy to pass the message along, and I don't think that the message is getting stale quite yet like it did with Julian in his tenure here in Boston.
0: Mm, I don't know because Inga disagrees. I feel like this week is showing that this – This team is a lot closer to the 2014 Boston Bruins than they are the (sighs) 2019 Boston Bruins. And even that team lost the Stanley Cup. They should have handily won. All right. Again, (laughs) I'm not asking for Cassidy's head or anything like that, or I'm not ready to fire Don Sweeney. I mean, what the fuck? It is what it is. But I I think this organization can be better from top to bottom. I think we have the brains on and off the ice, I think we have the talent and the coaching on and off the ice. I think we have players, even the Lazar and like with that kind of lineup, those players, if we can figure it out, but this goes back to we. Everyone that we know what our identity is, we just need to get there. No, that's the problem because you don't know what your identity is. You can't seem to get there. And I, again, I'm sorry. I'm angry and got listeners and maybe you like that. And that's why you listen, but you are getting it full fold this year.
1: Identity. I, identity can't be found one game and lose it. The next game yeah. identity is something you have to have consistency with and then have a mistake here once in a while, not every other game. That's not an identity. You can't look you brilliant in
0: practice it. and then right. look like crap the next exactly. day on the ice because you don't get points in practice. You don't get wins, losses in practice. Just Your resume
1: doesn't meet in anything until you produce on the ice and finish. Finish, yeah. finish, finish.
0: 60 mm-hmm. minute. Well, well, let's talk about goaltending, week 6,482. <laughs> All my was hurt or something tweaked something I don't think injured injured but couldn't start Swayman got all the starts uh I think we'll just put these together but how do he do holding down the fort uh turns out he's not perfect he's a rookie goaltender that's fine he's a human oh god I know that's shocking but do you think if our defense was better he would have had such a hard week
1: how I much are, is absolutely. on Swayman this week um, you know,
0: not not a lot. I, I
1: I continue to believe that goaltending is not the issue here. Um, mm-hmm. even though that I have said in the in previously in this podcast and maybe a couple episodes ago that it's something to be concerned about, but it's not the full problem of this team. It's everything outside of the crease. It's your defense and it's your finish and, and lack thereof on your uh, um top nine. So. We do it after if we're not going to make any moves as of right yet uh, here, just a little bit past the Thanksgiving holiday and, and playoff expectations. If you're not going to make a move now, do it internally, step up, um, be better players, be better um, uh, positioning. Your coverage needs to be better and don't let your goalies hang out to dry because that's what seems to be happening. Even though, some of the goalies like Jeremy Swayman, and I'm not, this is not an attack again. I, I hate, I have to like explain myself every time, but just be better at your, um, you know, your shot direction and where it go, where it goes. Um, but other than that, I think he's still a great goalie, very athletic, very poised, uh, great attitude, even though that, you know, I'm, I'm down two or three goals you know still smiling every time he gives the puck away to the referee even though he's down in the game and probably going to lose i uh, i like the way that he looks and so on but i just you know the, he just got to fine tune his game that's all i'm not going to complain a ton on the goaltending all mike pretty much the same thing is just like doesn't i, I like the way he makes his first save but he, nobody's there to help him out defensively on the rebound and then again, Allmark's really not that great at getting back up and like recovering like Swayman can, you know, in the athleticism and so on. And that might be just because of the veteran and different styles of, of, of what's going on in the crease. But I mean, I think everything has to go to the forwards and the, de- especially the defense. We've got to be better in our coverage. Got to be better on picking up the guys that are coming in layers because, once that happens, it just seems like it's a collapse and we just have no place to go. And, and then when we do have an opportunity to get the puck and transition out offensively, it's a turnover. And, and those turn into bad freaking looking goals. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think I don't think goaltending is a problem. I think no. there are things the goaltenders, like you said, individually might need to, but like even Allmark, like you said, he's got his things, but there was a couple games ago where he had so much pressure on him for so long. I can't believe that he could hold up that long because you can't get up. If nobody is helping you have a second or two to reposition yourself. And that is when you get down to split second, because you only have the seconds because you can't regroup. You can't reset. You can't whatever. And yeah. that's on defense and all the other people in front of them on the ice to help him out. Like, you have know, those. Swayman has a hard time with the second, you know, on the rebound, you know, sometimes controlling the rebound. So then it's your job to help him help himself. It's your no. job. If you know it takes Linus Allmark a second to get up, it's your job to force somebody out of his crease. Like, what the hell are they supposed to do if people are literally standing on top of them all the time? We have big boys. Even our yeah. small, even Grizzly isn't a tiny dude. He's a friggin' NHL defenseman. Use your bodies, do yep. whatever. So I still continue that. I think this goaltending is just fine. But that's the next topic that you wanted to bring up uh, that was talked about. Mike Milberry made some comments that it was said that uh, it was strongly suggested or whatever. You know the wording better that we, by lower management, that we should keep Vladar and Swayman together and ride them. Uh so you wanted to bring that up. So well, that's part of our goaltending week six.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I just thought it was kind of weird that um it it was said, you know, and and the timing is is you know, it's just it was basically after what happened in Calgary and so on. But um, but it kind of hit me, it hit home for me, to be honest with you, because no, I mean I do understand how why the Boston Bruins went out and got a veteran. I do understand why they want to stick with Jeremy Swayman and so on, and that might have been the plan, which left uh, a, a goaltender like Dan Vladar out, uh, you know, the odd man out, and um, you know, and and he wasn't probably going to clear waivers. I, I guarantee thirty-one other teams are probably going to be sharks like in the water and try to pick this a, a young goaltender like him up and be a backup in, in another organization. So Mike Milbury comes out and just says that, you know, there were inner workings that a lot of Boston Bruins management members, not higher ups and so on, but scouts and blah, blah, blah. And I guarantee that um, Bob Senza and probably Mike Dunham had a lot to think, a lot of things to say about that. And because they're the ones that are with these goaltenders all the time, they see what type of pro they were going to be. They're going to be because of the pro that they they both were. So I think there was a message that was lost in translation. Um, and I don't think that higher ups in management, particularly Cam Neely and Don Sweeney, had faith in what the message was. And that's a little disheartening for me, to be honest, Heather, because the fact is that there's a case to be point here. We, we need to get younger in goal For our future, but also use the cap number effectively to address other needs. Now, I'm not complaining about what happened with the free agent uh, signing and so on. It is what it is. I'm not in the room, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at that, that $5 million and you could have had two goaltenders that were under a million or under Swayman's on an ELC still right now. And use that cap number to address somebody on the, let's just say, the blue line kind of makes me a little upset about that. So I think that I don't like the messages, what's being said, which makes me bring back the history again. And I hate doing that, too. But I think that uh, a lot of decisions that uh, people are saying to upper management are being not not saying that they're not being listened to, but they're not being trusted. And that kind of hurts a little bit that maybe if they uh, trust some of the lower levels of management that have maybe a better idea of what's going on with players, a little more trust in the, in the process, I think this team could be look a little bit better. Just saying. I mean, I hate, well, I hate play- doing it.
0: On the flip side, though, there could be a reason why upper management doesn't necessarily, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm not being a jerk, but if I'm Sweeney at this point, I'm not listening, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before, like, you are the people developing these players, right? So say Sweeney drafts the player, right? But Sweeney is not on the ice with the player playing in the the uh, NHL or whatever, or even on the NHL, some of these people. Sure. So maybe he might have chosen wrong or did whatever, or he might have chosen right. But the system itself can fuck it all up, right? Like, for instance, I think Tuca needing hip surgery and Swayman being way readier for the NHL level quicker than they thought fucked up the whole thing with him and Vladar, right? Like, when you looked. But at the same time, so, like, maybe they were going to go Vladar Swayman, right? Maybe they were going to do that. Or Tuca Vladar or whatever, you know, for a year to see, give Swayman his time to... Get his licks in down in the AHL more things like that, but now Tuka's out for six months, so now you're like, oh shit, is Dan Vladar and Swayman ready to be the fucking tandem and hold up this team? Right, no slight to them, but maybe it's easy in retrospect because Vladar had a good game against us and he's doing well in Calgary to say it would look any different if it was Vladar and Swayman here. That's that's a your only can imagine in your own imagination, right? It, but what I'm saying it, is that created a situation where it wasn't just like, we'll sign Tuka for a year to a lower term and have one of our young goaltenders tap in as the next goaltender. It created a situation where there wasn't enough experience on the back end. And as great a goal, and I, you know I like Dan Vladar. It was sad to see him go. I also was ready for Vladar and Swayman. But everyone acts like signing Alenis Allmark is a bad signing at $5 million. And in the goaltending landscape of the NHL, if you look outside of our own little Boston bubble, where we've been fucking spoiled for like 15 years with great goaltending, right? That is not a bad signing anywhere else. Because he, yes, is getting starting money, but what it is, is any a reasonable decision for any team looking at, oh, well, we don't have our veteran to help train the next guy. So let's go get somebody will help the whole thing not fall down. What they didn't do, though, was address the blue line enough. So now you have Linus Allmark, who's his first year out of being the dumpster fire that's Buffalo. And he's not the most veteran of goaltenders, but he was the best choice on the market if you're going to spend money. Right. There are people who are way worse than Allmark that are making four mils. So shut up about the contract. We shouldn't have done that. That maybe might lead to him a come back. Should we or shouldn't we? But the goaltending—this is the excuse, though. The goaltending isn't the fucking problem. They have exactly. more support, and if they had exactly. more support, you know, so maybe we should have kept Vladar in them, and maybe they should listen to lower management. But it isn't as if the front offices aren't watching tape; they're not showing up in Providence and watching. I mean, Don Sweeney's kind of a hands-on. That's what his first role was—was was being a player, player development, right? Player development. So it's not it's as 10 if 10 he doesn't if also mistaken. know what's going on. But I think the whole Tuca getting injured, then you didn't have the option to resign Tuca Rask and keep one of the young ones. That it, threw a wrench in the whole plan. Yep, and they had yep. to do something. You can't sit around crossing your fingers because either way, if you end up bringing Tuca back, you would have had to get rid of one of them anyways because neither of them would have been, you know, like Swayman could get waived, right? He's still eligible; that he could have gone down, and it wasn't an issue. But Vladar couldn't have had that option, right? Vladar could have no. been scooped up, right? Because he would have to get waved through, right? Am I correct? I don't know. Well, think of,
1: it, a... think of it this way, Heather, right? Yeah. Let's just paraphrase this whole freaking situation right now. Okay. Tuka Rass has no hip injury, right? Still mm-hmm. a free agent. Mm-hmm. He signs one or two years, right?
0: Who's the backup? At 5'5". Who's the backup? Probably Vladar. And Vladar. Just of, because of seniority. Yep.
1: Yep. And that was the Seniority original
0: and the
1: amount of entry level years that is still on Jeremy Swayman at the point yeah. at the moment.
0: Okay. Yeah, Cause Vladarhu who is your, your most in danger of losing through exactly the thing. So but that's the so, whole point.
1: So the injury to Rask mm-hmm. and at the time last season in the abbreviated 56 year campaign, 56 game campaign, um, Halak was injured. They forced Jeremy Swayman to get up in there and and display what he did last season, which was awesome. Played in 10 games. Great freaking record and so on. Really inspired. Nobody had a book on him then. They all have a book on him now. So my point is it doesn't matter because COVID had a situation. The injury had a situation. They put... Those situations put this Boston Bruins organization into a corner where they're like, now we need an insurance policy, Mm -hmm. so now we need to look at free agency and say we need a goaltender. And believe it or not, fans, and I I hate this narrative because I I mean I listen to Raycroft, I listen to Kevin Weeks. I mean hashtag goaltenders union here. Those guys know because they play the fucking game. They understand Mm -hmm. the fucking game. So I'm gonna listen to them when they say that. Yeah, the reason why. Oh, Mark got paid $5 million. Was He was the best free agent on the market. So why not take a chance on that? Because you know why? As an organization, you need to look for the future. Now, listen, I'll tell you something right now, Heather. Not thrilled on the trade protection, no movement clause, no trade clause, blah, blah, blah. But still, you needed to walk into that situation and say, I need an insurance policy because I don't know if Duke Arras is coming back after hip surgery. And I don't know if, if this could come back. Be- right. And I don't know if Jeremy Swayman is going to be that type of goaltender that pulls a kind hot type mm-hmm. of fucking ear when you kind of say, whoa, where did we go here? So it's mm-hmm. like you have to look at several avenues when you're thinking about this topic and the crease and what happened and so on. And not just one way with the blinders on saying, this, 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 and that. So sorry. Long-winded answers today, but from well, me. and
0: I i don't remember Ray Crawford Weeks or any of them, at least what I've heard from those kind of guys talk. I haven't heard any of them think that the all mark was a bad signing. I haven't exactly. heard a single one of them think it was a bad move. Like I said, I think some of that is in our own minds. Uh yeah, because you know what? Truth be told, if Tuka wasn't hurt and needed surgery, that kept him out six months, it kept him out two months. Tuca would have been re-signed to three years at 5.5 or whatever, because he would have had to take a hit so we could sign other people, but he truly wanted to be a Bruin. He would have taken just like with Krejci. Krejci wouldn't have expected $7 million again. Had he chosen to stay because they probably would have offered him his money. We don't know. We're not in the room and I don't believe anything they say anymore, but he wasn't getting seven, but he would have got four to five easy. Veterans last round go one year contract or whatever. But because of how, I mean, it's not a perfect world where we can have fucking lemon drops and gum drops all the time. Right now, sometimes you have a shitty defense in front of two goaltenders that are trying to work their shit out behind a shitty defense and a t- t- team structure. You just don't yeah. know what it is.
1: The Heather, structure. you, I know you because you've been my co-host for almost three years now. So I know for a fact that you heard me say over the off season. When uh, on the morning brew, when even Andrew Raycroft was saying something, and at the time the 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 best goaltender to go after was a guy like Darcy Kemper, who was with the Arizona Coyotes, and I wanted him in Boston. Andrew Raycroft said the same thing. If you want to go after a goaltender, I would take a chance on on uh, Darcy Kemper, and um, I know he's injury prone and so on, blah blah blah. But I wouldn't want to pay for the price that the uh, Colorado Avalanche paid to get him. That's a first round pick and a deal and so on. So that's, that's a little too high for me, but mm-hmm. at, you know, if you wanted to give a third round and possibly a low end prospect, I would do the deal today, yesterday, and even over the season off season. Sorry.
0: See, the problem is, is because, and this is again, not a knock on our farm system. The problem is though, is that we always have to give up high picks for people. Because we don't have necessarily a lot to offer them. And the things that we can offer people, the Jake DeBrusks of the world, we keep fucking burying and things like that. So you don't let them showcase. Because they
1: they have no value. Exactly.
0: Right. Or less. I would argue there are some teams that would think Jake DeBrusque has a lot of value to their team and things like that. So Absolutely. I'm sorry. I just don't know why he's benched. I can understand why Eric Holland might've needed a night off, but that to me is one of those stupid things. Okay. Well, we are very long winded today, which is fine. It can happen. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it out loud because you know what? I got to keep it hundred. I can't lie. I can't. I'm just so mad that it's got to be in day. I'll say it. Coaching is a major fucking part of the problem. Okay? Because the players can go on the ice. It feels a lot like 2008 and 2014-15 to me, right? Okay. So Those blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Right. They weren't good years. And it wasn't because we didn't have enough talent on the ice to at least be decent. It was because the coaches couldn't figure out how to get the fucking team motivated, right? The message was not translating. The leadership in the room was not translate help translating the thing. Everyone couldn't hold the has- lead. No idea. So it feels a lot like 2008 and such to me. It feels a lot like before Cassidy became coach from Claude. And I said, even then, they're going to be the same team just because Cassidy took over, which they were. They were either making the playoffs or not. They were whatever. Yeah, there's that initial boost when you have the change. I'm not saying that. That's not for or against Cassidy. That's just the fact of the nature. It was what it was with that fucking team that year, right? Same thing right now. Cassidy and them can change the lineup like I feel like they're doing it to cover up their coaching mistakes at this point rather than letting anything gel which is stupid because we have a good coaching staff (laughs) and if whatever they're doing in practice why can't you get them to translate I remember I used to always say well Claude Julian can't fucking skate for him he? like he can't go out there and skate for them right can't do it. it although he might skate better than some of them at this point right same thing with Cassidy I don't know if it's he relied too much on Shara being the big voice in the room. I don't mean that in a masculine way, but just, I don't know. I don't know if Marshawn and Bergeron have a hard time translating, because it's the same message, right? That's our identity, whatever we've got going, which is a great identity, and I hope we can keep it going and refine it. But maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe Nick Foligno will help with this, getting the message back across. But I do think that they're losing the room a little. I think the players seem to be able to listen when they want to, but sometimes it's not the players. Sometimes it's what you're doing. It's the plays you're calling. It's the matchups you're doing. And we've talked about this before. I truly believe Cassidy is a panic coach. Like, not that he gets panicked, but just... He also knows we can't keep playing well against Buffalo and sucking against Calgary. He knows that, right? So now he's doing the well, now you're the right line winger. Now you're now Trent Frederick, you're going to be the center. Now maybe that's just to ease him in, it's a place he's comfortable, or it's just like I just want to take Jake Debrusque out because I don't even like Jake Debrusque, but Don Sweeney <laughs> likes Jake Debrusque. So I got which is stupid because Jake Debrusque has not been playing worse than anybody, he's been fine with how the rest of your team's been playing. Keep it in perspective. I can't. Part of the problem is the coaching staff. And like you said, you can't change the coaching staff. I'm not even saying we have to change the coaching staff. I'm saying top to bottom, everyone has to step back and reassess. Cassie and them have to stop making it Jake DeBrusque and figure out what they're doing to not motivate or get Jake DeBrusque to be Jake DeBrusque, right? It isn't pulling him out even when he's playing well. Again, bad signals, right? It can't be saying... Coleman, I love you, but you're useless, basically, when you're up there. You're holding a space. So you're going to tell me Eric Haller couldn't hold space on that line over you. Things like that. Like, again, one game's fine, but rarely does that translate into anything bigger because I think they're having a hard time figuring out how to create the chemistry. Maybe not off ice, but on ice. And part of that is going with what you know, okay? So sometimes Coyle, Hall, and Smith are going to suck. Sometimes your second line isn't going to be what you wanted, but Jesus Christ, have you been watching the Bruins for 10 years? We've had this problem for like 10 years. Well, I don't know. Whenever Luch went and stuff, and then Krejci was a man on his own island in the middle up there. And again, you expect Jake DeBrusque to be Connor McDavid. He's not, okay? He's Jake DeBrusque but we can get the best out of him. And I thought he seems comfortable and he's really kind of moving more towards at least useful Jake DeBrusca as opposed to be, he hasn't been part of the problem. He's not been a part of the solution, but most people haven't, but he has not been the issue, okay? He just hasn't. I'm sorry, but I'm mad at coaching. And I think coaching has to say, what the fuck are we doing that isn't translating? How do we get well, remember- from that if that's the problem?
1: Heather, do you remember a couple weeks ago that uh, Bruce Cassidy actually like called himself out and the coaching staff? I believe that they need to do that more often. I believe yeah, that blah, blah, blah. whatever I believe that whatever you orchestrate on a dry erase board might not always translate consecutively with these players. Sometimes maybe repetitive motions can be boring. We need more creativity and so on. Maybe that's just maybe the coaching staff need to find a way to relate better and um uh, and try to get all guys to buy in regardless of skill level and so on uh, new additions uh veterans that have been around for a couple of years you know maybe it's just how you relate your message needs to be reconstructed i don't know maybe it's just i don't know i don't want exactly. to see anybody get fired and so on to start yeah sp- i'm not saying that. you know but maybe just just the way it's delivered needs to be, needs, needs to change.
0: Yeah, exactly. The coaching staff needs to get together and say, what do we need to fix and how can we fix up, fix it? But how can we fix ourselves? Like what has changed? Like we don't, I mean, we were in the Stanley cup finals two years ago, last yeah. year, even we just didn't have enough to get through, but we weren't a dumpster fire this year. We're turning into a dumpster fire at this point. And I don't want to, and we have the ability to not we might only be mediocre, but we certainly have talent enough that we can make the playoffs and we're not on path to do that. And like, maybe the captains need to get off ice and figure out what the fuck they need to do to lead the team. Right. Maybe they need to have a group meeting where everyone can say, or whatever they need to say. And it's a safe space. So you can say, well, you know what, Co-, you know, Cassidy can feel comfortable saying, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but like you're wicked soft on the half wall or whatever. Yeah. And, The the player can also say, well, that's fine, coach, but like I'm a little confused because when we're running it at practice, we're doing it this way, and I'm trying to adapt an in-game situation, but you're not really giving me direction how to help that. You're more yelling at me because I'm not doing it. Well, we ran that drill for one practice this week, and we've had three games off. I haven't really got to implement that, like you know, things like that. Just maybe the maybe that's the problem. Maybe they stop talking to each other. Maybe one of our biggest strengths was as open and even when Claude was here because none of the players ever said they didn't like Claude. They liked to have him around. Maybe the message got stale and it was time to move on. Oh, Alex and
1: the Coco didn't say, have anything good well, to say. Well,
0: one but... fucking player out of all the coaches that the players that he Oh, Ryan Spooner didn't
1: have there. anything good to say Hello.
0: Well, Ryan Spooner was fucking Ryan Spooner. <laughs> hey, man. Peter
1: Solarik. Oh, no, that's a different freaking GM and coach. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. So that's all my thing. Jesus, we're taking up a lot on my rants. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be steering this ship. I'm going to move off of coaching because I am, you know, just know that part of the problem is you and please figure it out because we certainly have a coaching staff and whatever that can do it. Okay. So I can't go down a rant about defense. You know how I feel about defense. I do have to say, We'll just wrap up with we'll we'll wrap it into with the Sabora, okay? Huh?
1: Still gonna do the prospects talk, by the way.
0: No, I know you're right. You're right after this topic is okay. the prospects. That's okay. why I'm trying to not go on a rant. I'm just gonna power through defense so okay. I don't rant. Um All right. Defense is a fucking problem. It's not good enough. And yes, I would fucking take Chara and Krug back for the same price that I'm paying certain other people that would equal the same and be one defenseman down. I don't care because you know what's not translating. We still haven't filled those fucking gaps. Like I said. We were one of the best defenses, even with small Tori Krug in that, because you know what? It's not hurting. To, it wouldn't hurt to have his 10 points and five points on the power play back up in our lineup. You know what I mean? Like magalvoy and them, they've, they're figuring out a little, but still some of our best strengths were not working out. And I don't know how to fix that. Okay. But let's talk about Zavorl. Zaboral has been playing well i like Zaboral. you like Zaboral. you know i always everybody likes like, i'm waiting for him to come up i do like him as a defenseman i feel like he's a bruins defenseman and uh you you wanted to talk about too should he get a look on the top line but let's just generally talk about i will just put a blanket statement i want Fogart on the third line I don't, Okay. I prefer Grizz with McEvoy. I just think their numbers are really good together and we could use a little of that for a little game, but I think Zaborl should not be on the third line. And I do not think just cause you're paying Fulbert fucking $4 million or $2 million. I don't remember what his contract is right now, but you're not good enough to be the top pairing defenseman. You're just not. I actually think you make Brandon Carlo a worse defenseman. Okay. Because, Fair. I'm not saying Carlo struggled on his own, but like I said, everybody has their own struggles and then there's as a team struggles, right? You don't necessarily make Charlie McAvoy better. And I certainly think pairing you with, it's like you're forcing Grizzly to pair with Carlo because it's less shitty when they're together, right? They know each other better, whatever, the style wise, whatever. But when Fober is there, Carlo is a hot mess. And I don't know if that's, He's compensating for when Fulbert struggling as a defenseman, but Carlo has been struggling. And I don't think anyone being paired with Derek Fulbert at this point. And I hate saying that because he's whatever he's, Let's see. He's the second best defenseman in the team point wise with five points. He's at a zero. And Grizzly certainly has looked like shit. He's only got three points and a negative four. But I guarantee you a lot of that has to do with when he's paired with Derek. McIlvoy should either have Grizz or Zaboral at this point. It's bullshit. Shaka Raka. That's it. I prefer Grizz and McIlvoy. I see your argument, Zaboral. I I just for Zaboral, I think just, you know, his is more of a. Age experience thing, but chance. anything but Fulbert on the top pair. That's all I want.
1: Just give him a chance, Bruce. Seriously. If you're willing to mismatch the the, the top 12 forwards on your roster, and you're willing to mismatch the bottom uh, six of your defensive core, why not just take a chance at that top? Just the top. That's it. Just grab Fulbert. Move his sticker aside and put Zabora right up there. That's it's that easy. And then give it a shot. If you don't like what you see after the game one, fine, move on. Put Forbert back there because it continues to seem like it's not working. But Forbert is producing. I mean he's he's on he's,
0: he produced for one week. He, I know. Just because he, he reached his career high on the one week that he showed up doesn't mean but, he's not drifting back to my shit list.
1: If you're willing to give a player like Fulbert that much time on the, on the first pairing, then why not give Zaborl a shot? I'm asking, I'm begging. I'm just, I just want to see it for one game. Like, like it's the elusive Sasquatch. I want to see it once. Come on. Come on, Bruce. You can do it.
0: It's going to take a fucking unicorn to make that happen. I'm just letting you know. Um, Okay. So now that we've ranted a lot, what, Time thing. Okay, I'm looking at the time. So, um, I'm just gonna shut up and let you give us an update on the Providence and prospects and stuff like that. What would you like us to know? Anything that will keep me shutting up and not ranting on and on about how I hate my whole entire team? So, all right. I mean, I love you, but I hate you. So, tell us about it. How are the other guys doing?
1: The uh the Providence Bruins down the American Hockey League are on a two game winning streak with two regulations win on Friday and Saturday night against Bridgeport and Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Providence has also earned a point in Wednesday night's game, uh, one of the three-game road trip against the Hershey Bears in a 4-3 to overtime loss. So with five of six points earned in the uh, three-game roadie uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday and points in the last eight of ten games in November, Providence has jumped up to the – in the standing, sitting in the third spot in the Atlantic division with an 8-5-3-1 record after 17 games, 2-0-1 in the last three games, and 6-2-2 in the last 10 games. The Providence Club is on a 10-point, is 10 points behind Atlantic Division leading Springfield Thunderbirds, who are having a freaking wagon of the year out in western Massachusetts, southwestern Massachusetts, whatever you want to call it, who are 14, 3, and 2 they'll and have 30 points already. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Boston uh, I'm sorry, Boston Bruins. Providence Bruins players to mention. Zach Sanitian has two hat tricks in two four point games in his last seven contests. He's currently on a season high three game point streak and four, two, and six numbers um in that time frame, and uh, eight, four and 12 in his last 17 games played. Here's a very interesting thing about Zach Sennishin. And I had a conversation on Twitter with the, um, the awesome Dominic Tiano, please follow Dom at Dom Tiano. He knows a lot of it, a, a lot of stuff about waiver priority and cap uh, salary cap stuff. So he's a fantastic follow wealth of knowledge. Um, but he says that even though, well, we, I talked about it. Um, saying that Zach Sennishin should get a chance. He's been playing well down, down in Providence so far. I mean, I mean, lately, not to begin this season and so on, but really offensive numbers are picking up. Um, but the thing that sucks, though, is the Boston Bruins have a 23-mayor roster right now. So if he was to get even a look, they would have to waive somebody. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So it remains to be seen if if he gets the call. I understand that if there's an injury, they'd be forced to wave somebody to get somebody else up and and facilitate. But still, it's just one of those situations that um, and also Sinishin has um, uh, could be on the waiver process going back down. But that remains to be seen. Um, Oscar Steen snapped a two game uh, point streak in last night's win over the road on the road against the Wilkes-BS Grant Penguins. In Steen's last 11 games, Steen has contributed six goals, seven assists, and 13 points. Um, goal- goaltending, we'll look at Troy Grosnick. He is 2 one one on the season with a goals against average of 2.37 and a 9 nine twenty two save percentage. Uh Grossnick has uh, recently returned to the Providence Bruins lineup after missing the first period. Uh, no, he played in the first period and missed the last 20 minutes of the very first game and hasn't been back since. But when he when he came back, he's been on a mission, which ultimately uh, had the Providence Bruins let a goaltender and South Portland native uh, John Gillies go. And uh, John Gillies signed recently, I believe, last week with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms to a PTO. Uh, Kyle Kaiser, who's been playing unbelievable lately. I mean, don't look at his numbers. Watch the games, folks. At AHL TV on the official um, American Hockey League website, get a subscription, watch a couple games, and see, because this kid's athleticism is top-notch. But he is 3-4-3 with a 2.53 goals against average and a 9-10 save percentage. Uh, Really good last night. And uh, good to see him uh, getting back into the fold. The next games for the Providence Bruins uh, are on Friday, December 3rd, versus the Hartford Wolfpack, uh, who the Bees beat back in on um, 11-19 by the score of 2-1 to in overtime. Providence is on the road on my birthday, December 4th, against the slumping Bridgeport, Sound, uh, Bridgeport Islanders. Sorry. And... Uh, Finally, the last game of the weekend coming up is uh, to finish a three-on-three. So they're playing two at home and one on the road next weekend, which is not uncommon for the American Hockey League schedule. But the uh, on Sunday afternoon at the Dunk, they play the Utica Comets uh, at 3:05 p.m. So that's what I got for some Providence Bruins talk. I'm happy to uh, get a little more involved in that here, but I'm trying to get the uh, the Providence. hockey talk podcast up again. I, I think I fumbled that one too. What's it called? Captain fumbles on that one. The captain. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the <laughs> Providence hockey report, but that's fine. That's what I meant you can do- the report
1: Providence hockey report, <laughs> trying to get that up and running, but I just time is there's not enough time folks. So I'm trying to get that done this weekend, this week. So we'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't know how in-depth you want to get. I know we're cutting close on time, but we can just mention uh, the upcoming games that we have. I don't know if you want to do that. I mean, we can break them real down or not. Uh, Again, cutting it close. But tonight we play the Canucks at home. The Canucks are not the best team in the NHL by any stretch of the imagination. uh, But I'm concerned that we will play down to them because that's, what we do um I don't know so currently they have played 21 games they're 6 13 and two they have 14 points they're a negative 21 goal differential which is good that means we should be able to score a lot of goals on them uh they are three six and one home but they're three seven and one away so that's good they're in our building so basically they lose a lot in their two seven and one in their last 10 so Again, that doesn't make me not think that we could lose to the Vancouver Canucks. They got Demco who can be on, you know, things Very like good. that. Um, yep. You know, they have Hughes. they they have some talent. But Vancouver struggling to get it together. Mark, any comments oh, yeah. on? Not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought we could just mention the games. Uh, just, I feel yep. weird because by the time we play again, all the statistics will change anyway. So oh, let's just talk about Tuesday. We'll Tuesday. play the Detroit Red Wings. Like I said, the Red Wings, they played 22 games. They're higher than we are. They're third back in the wild card for Atlantic. So uh, they are closer to a playoff spot than us. Uh, they're seven, two, and two at home. So we are playing them, I believe, in Detroit. So, um,
2: oh, well, no, we play home.
0: them at home. I'm sorry. So, yep. They're 3-7-1 and one away, so that's good. Better than playing them in there. I'm sorry, I misread what I wrote down. They're 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. They'll probably play again, uh, but it is what it is. Detroit, sadly, is our equal this year, so you have to beat Detroit. I know. You just have to. And they have plenty of – Detroit is getting it together a little. Like, they're rolling with what they have, and it's serving them all right because they do have some people uh, – I know they've had some injuries and stuff, but overall, they're not—they're certainly not the worst team in the East. Uh, they've been mocked for several years, but you know what? They're not the bottom of the barrel. And if we don't want to be the bottom of the barrel, we're going to have to beat Detroit because now we're fighting them out for positioning, which is scary enough to me. Okay. Uh, then on Thursday, the second, we are, December second, we're playing the Nashville Predators. They're—you know—they've been all right. They're six four and zero at home, and we're playing them in the Bridgestone Arena. Uh, so I mean, they have a pretty good record at home, so we'll have to be on a game. They've got 23 points, they're 11, 9, and 1. So they're, you know, average and playing all right. They've had a lot of changes, right? Pecorini's gone, uh, things like that, but that's always a, a good building to go into. I haven't heard anyone say Nashville isn't a rocking place you know, and that their fans are always ready.
1: Our boy Thomas Nystrom from uh, BNG, the, um, the um, podcast network and the awesome um, short chef hockey podcast uh, lived down there for close to a decade. So um, yeah, he always talks highly about the Nashville area. And, and if we ever do a B and G trip, I'd love to go to Nashville and have him, um, you know, not set the whole thing up, but obviously point the fingers as to where we can go f- for cool hockey spots. where We can get some drink, get some food and watch a decent game. Hopefully.
0: Whew, thank god, because I thought you were gonna say he's a closet predators fan. No, I'm just gonna no, I'm, just no, kidding. No, I'm no, sure no. he does. He does he respect loves Carolina, he though. that much time. He's yeah. a big fan of the Carolina freaking um um hurricanes. Was he so. a Hartford Whalers lover when he was a kid? Dude, he's gonna um, kill me. He's
1: gonna kill me for okay. saying this, honestly. <laughs> he hates the whalers. I just
0: called him a Hartford Whalers <laughs> that's, lover. That's okay, why so he,
1: that's why kill. he's gonna kill me because he hates the fucking Carolina hurricanes, too. So.
0: Oh uh, well. We just debunked that myth then. Um, I'm sure sure our Twitter
1: conversation tomorrow is going to be fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, by the time we probably talk again, we don't know. We're trying to figure it out. But Saturday, just to mention it now, December 4th, an important day in the world. That's the day that our OG came crawling into the world or falling into the world. However, he did it. I wasn't there. But December 4th, next Saturday... um, we have a game against the Tampa Bay lightning and the Tampa Bay lightning continue to be more like the Tampa Bay lightning. than we do the Boston Bruins. So <laughs> we're actually getting further apart from teams like that. Uh, you know, whatever Tampa's Tampa. They have a lot of weapons. We know that they've got, they
1: got two guys on LTIRs. What a shocker.
0: Yeah, they do, <laughs> but well, yeah, you know, you got to play that, but what, what the heck's Tampa's numbers right now? They played 19 games. They're 12, four and three. They've got 27 points. Seven, three and two uh, at Beatable. home and five, one and one away. So they're playing, I mean, the Tampa again, what, what can we say? Everyone knows who Tampa Bay is, even though they lost a lot of players. They had to the cat finally bet them in their ass to the point, but they always have their goaltender and he's scary just on them, <laughs> Like they, they need to show up with just like two players, their goaltender and whatever. It'll be fine. Just kidding. Uh, right. So that's the week ahead. And the Boston Bruins game thing. Sorry. Starting to lose some speed. Let's not lose steam. We got to wrap this puppy up. Let's see. Is there anything else? Uh, the Martin Richardson foundation thing, uh, the mountain R- thing. Sorry. Take that out. The Martin Richards foundation is holding the eight K next Saturday too. uh, check it out. If you want to go and support them, be on the route to yell for them down at the warrior, go to community, uh, Boston Bruins, the information's all there. Cause it's in partnership with the Bruins foundation. Um, and that's that we have one ass B and G, but I can do it. I, I can't think of anything else. Oh no, there was one more thing. Cameron Pierce wrote a piece this week and said, looking forward, right. Or like long-term, do yep. we have anything to look forward to with this team? Do you can please go and read his article? As I always say, I'll read all of uh, the awesome writers at black and But long term are you feeling like there's anything to be hopeful for not until this team can start
1: drafting or replenishing the prospect pool that's pretty much like dictates the future of this uh, national Hockey League organization in my opinion um we're be playing competitive hockey we spend up to the up, up to the cap but we still need a little bit more to rely on um, if you're going to be like that so uh yeah, yeah we do I think there's a there's a there's a couple of years they're going to be some trying times for the Boston Bruins. And so they really got to get their act together to, if they want to be that, you know, in that top echelon of the league and, you know, a, a proud original six and the history and so on, you want to keep it going. You gotta, you gotta start making uh positive moves and that's uh, on the ice and internally.
0: All right. We got one ass BNG for our, my friend, old man, Roy Clovis, Roy, Clovis in the house. Royalty to me. He asks, hey guys and gal, okay, so are we hitting the panic button yet? I've already hit it, hit it and I'm getting nervous and I'm ready to hit it, already hit it. So I'm getting nervous and need a, Z- a Xanax button. If, if so does Sweeney... Um, Swing for the fences and cut his losses on some of the guys in a big trade for a sentiment and a top D man pairing. Sorry, Clovis, I read that weird. Uh, as always, you know, we appreciate you. Much Total love from run. us. Love you. Uh, and what do you think? I am not touching the button, but I have it in front of me and I keep flipping yeah. the top open. I'm hovering, hovering
1: over I'm it. I'm hovering just, over it. Yeah. I'm it's shining just, it, wanna- getting it ready to hit, but I'm hovering.
0: Yeah, it's probably good. I don't have the codes to the nukes. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I do have to say, if by the end of this month, bye. I'll give it to Martin Luther King Day before we go to go for the Olympics. If things haven't changed, then it is time to just burn the fucking house down because we cannot sustain if we're neither rebuilding for real or letting it burn down so we can get better positioning for drafting and shit because we give away all our first round picks. All right, that's that. Uh, Let me just double check one last thing. I think we're almost ready for Patreon um, because I can't really think anything else. The Islanders bought up the thing. Oh, the one other thing I wanted to say. Did you see that clip on TNT hockey on TNT of biz? And Hank singing, nothing else matters.
2: A few I things make my think.
0: heart. Okay, so Hank's playing, nothing else matters. Biz starts singing. It was a moment. Oh, the just, I Yeah, I saw him. Like, yeah, yeah, and I, I love them. And that was. I didn't listen funny. to it though. And this is what the NHL needs to do. Is this is what we talk about when we say let them show their personalities? Because that was some pretty awesome classic shit. Okay, blackandgoldhockey.com for all the great writers. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, us dump and change beehive puck lines podcast halts on hockey Causeway King short shift Third line grinders uh Where is I black and teal and gold podcast remember the maples podcast uh Bru- Providence hockey report that's at HL Bruins' report. That's Mark's podcast and the Lindroth hockey report or
1: hockey hockey podcast
0: oh my god i just messed us all up either way find us at the black and gold hockey podcast (laughs) i'm usually awesome at i don't know what's wrong with me last week i forgot my paper and now i have a paper to remind myself i still don't know it is what it is listen to all the awesome podcasts black and gold hockey podcast on to Patreon. patreon
1: all right folks and listeners Uh, Well, you guys are both one and the same. We do have a Patreon account, which we ask you to donate $1 per episode here to help our sports media company um, pay the bills. But we also take half of that money and buy prizes, which is uh, weekly uh, prizes we give away and monthly jersey giveaways, which are hand signed by a current Boston Bruins player or a Boston Bruins alumni player. And it's just for a dollar. We do four episodes a month. We might do a little extra, but it's very small investment to help us out. But we also help you help uh, get your fan cave or give a gift away for just minimal, minimal dollars a month. So please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate that one dollar uh, this month. I, we do have a Andy Moog signed hand hand signed jersey fully authenticated from our friend bruce sullivan at boston sports and music memorabilia so we'll give away that later on in december that's for december um uh, maria from watertown won the rick middleton jersey for the month of november and i'm still gonna i still gotta get her out i also want to give a shout out to patreon members Uh, Maria from Watertown, I do have to get that out. Nick Busa, I'm getting yours out. Jen Morin, I'm getting yours out. And this week's winner is Mr. Eric Blackie. Mr. Eric Blackie, thank you very much for your continued support. We truly appreciate it. You are a diehard Bruins fan through and through and an awesome supporter of us. So be like Eric, donate a dollar, and get involved in these weekly Bruins-related giveaways and these awesome hand-signed jerseys from Boston Sports and Music and memorabilia from bruce sullivan so with that being said it's time to wrap it up trying to get this somewhat negative but kind of good it was kind of like therapeutic yeah. to sit Catholic. there and just yell at each other and just not be happy about what's going on in the boston bruins world right now and hopefully it gets better because the games are starting to become every other day and not these stretches of of, of rest and so on but other we, we, it's got to get better right
0: yeah we got to see what they can do. We'll see in an hour and a half or so what they're yeah, going to be doing. We'll I, see. I, I, I if always not we're having a special podcast yeah, of a ten minute Inga melts down. Inga melts down. We cannot <laughs> you know lose to the on Canucks. Next up on, can can the, on the
1: Black and Gold Podcast Network, Inga melts just like, down. Ah! Yeah. Okay. Everybody, everybody wants Thanks to hear everyone. that. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Please rate and review. Please share with your friends retweet share do all that fun stuff because we love you and you guys are amazing whether it be your financial supporters taking a second to retweet or just interacting with us it's awesome we love talking Listen about everyone hockey. Us. i know it's unbelievable you guys are amazing nice. we love you have a great week go bees
0: thanks again for listening to and supporting black and gold hockey podcast